Hello and welcome to another episode of the Courageous Path podcast with me, Rachel Horton White. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, and you can find me at soulfulworkconsulting.com. Today I'm delighted to bring you an interview with Michael Levine, and it's called Making Change in Workplace Culture. Michael Levine has been a high school English teacher in Southern Maine since 2001, first as a drama teacher and then as an English teacher. He's the founding producing director of Acorn Productions and has also been teaching and directing theater in Portland since the mid-1990s. During the renovations of the St. Lawrence Arts Center Parish Hall Theater in 2000, he worked closely with that organization's board to design and execute the improvements that remain in place at that venue to this day. He has served as the artistic director of the Maine Playwrights Festival and Acorn's Naked Shakespeare series, as well as conducting theater workshops in area elementary, middle, and high schools. He is a graduate of MIT, where he studied playwriting with A.R. Gurney and acting with Kristen Linklater and Shakespeare and Company. He co-founded the old Oak Street Theater, has worked at Portland Stage Company and the New Repertory Theater. Most recently, Michael began a new job teaching English at Wyndham High School. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. How are you doing, Michael? Thanks for talking with me. You're very welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited to um, hear some of your uh, experience in your current job and a little bit about your creative life. Um, And we were chatting Gosh, it was a couple of weeks ago, and or I heard through the grapevine about some really um, courageous, bold, um, I want to say moves, but, you know, some initiatives you had taken in your job that um, were really inspiring for me to hear about. So Glad to hear that. Yeah, so I was hoping if you could just kind of introduce yourself and to talk yeah. about, you know, whatever, how you choose to spend your time, maybe what you what you do. To get paid and for fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I have kind of dual passions in life, and uh, one pays me and one doesn't really pay. So <laughs> the one that pays me is being an educator. So I'm a certified English teacher and teach high school English. Been mm-hmm. doing that since 2001 in the state of Maine. Uh, and so that is what pays the bills, so to speak, but it's also a passion. I'm very passionate about education. I believe very strongly in the importance of what I would call the humanistic education, which mm. means that we're helping people become better humans and not just better like worker bees. Yeah. Sometimes high school seems to get confused with job training, which it's not. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then the other passion I have, which is one that unfortunately doesn't pay very well is doing theater particularly Shakespeare, and I run a company that does regular performances of what we call Naked Shakespeare because we put the language front and center and don't rely so much on traditional kind of sets and such and such. We did do more installations in um, particular places, and environmental theater it's called. And I'm mm-hmm. pleased to say I've been doing that since um, the, really the early 2000s, and uh, there's been a lot of other kind of similar theater happening around Portland over the last couple of years, which uh, I take as a great compliment because you know what they say about, about imitation and uh, the fact that people like do it 
shows, hey, people like this. So yeah, and you're one of the um, forebearers, or you know, yeah, that's that's. Yes, what you're saying is I'm really old, and I've been doing. <laughs> you're really long. old. <laughs> around for a long time. Yeah. So I want to hear about that too, but I and I um, but I'm particularly interested because a lot of the work that I do with people is around people who are unsatisfied in their jobs Absolutely. or, you know, not feeling, um, like maybe they're in the right place or just, you know, yeah, just generally feeling not fulfilled Very and easy to happen. Yeah, it definitely. And so what you, what I hear from about you is that you, um, you know, in your workplace, I've heard there's some staff discontent, there's some turnover, some culture issues, um, which happens everywhere. Um, but that instead of, you know, not doing anything about it or just talking about it on the, in the lunchroom and, you know, complaining forever, which is totally fine and normal, but it doesn't really get us anywhere. Right. Right. You're actually like doing something with that information, taking it to decision makers and you're having some pretty incredible results. So can you talk a little bit about what's happened and what you've done? Well, as you say, the, environment that I work in, unfortunately, there's a lot of decisions either made or not made that don't really work in the best interests of the the people that are actually like, you know, in the trenches, as they say. And this is very common, as you referenced, in institutions that have some level of bureaucracy, because the, the people who are making the decisions, the quote unquote bureaucrats, are usually the ones who are the most removed from the actual like work the, the part that the industry that you're in which in my case mm-hmm. is education so you have a lot of administrators sitting around making decisions about what they think is going on in the classrooms and what they think teachers are thinking and feeling um, but remarkably uh, there's very little connection to the actual reality of what's going on in the mm-hmm. classroom so my feeling is that I, I don't see myself as, as being a, a troublemaker, although I'm, I'm sure that there are some administrators who will be doing a dance and celebration the minute that I walk out that door for the last time. Um, I see myself more as, as somebody that's helping with understanding of the culture of the facility because the culture of, the, of, the, of, a, of a place, of a workplace, is really best embodied by the people that are doing the work. <laughs> That's kind of the reality of it. So people, like you say, they talk in the lunchroom. And uh, and my response is usually to not in a kind of a snitchy sort of way to communicate the concerns that I'm hearing to the folks in charge. I see myself as kind of a a bridge between Mm -hmm. the people that are unhappy and the people that have the ability to change the climate and the working conditions under which these people are unhappy. Mm -hmm. My experience has been, generally speaking, that the hard part is actually like taking the plunge to to say something because there is this kind of fear that exists. And especially, I mean, unfortunately, the the worse the working conditions, the greater the fear. Um, And fear, you know, fear is not something that has any basis in rational thought. Fear is something that is a stifling emotion that causes you literally to lose your voice. Like you can't actually say what's on your mind because you mm-hmm. eat up. Yeah. So the fortunate thing that I have going for me is that I've always had a lot of chutzpah as we Jews like to say. And <laughs> that means very simply is that I don't get that fear 
Uh, in fact, I get the opposite. I get sort of charged up. And I'm like, wow. people need to know what's going on. People need to hear this. Our mm -hmm. supervisor, our big big dog, as you, know, you might call them, the head cheese, has mm -hmm. always said that his door is open and he wants to hear from us. So mm -hmm. depending on how, you know, Strongly, I'm feeling I have been known on several occasions to just march right up to his office and be like, I need to talk to you. And he's always like, OK, let's talk. And we sit down and, uh, you know, he listens to me. And then oftentimes nothing changes, <laughs> which, you know, is the it can be very frustrating, obviously. But uh, all you can do is is try to facilitate opportunities for those people to hear from the people that really need to talk to them. Like yeah. just today we had a situation where the principal said something at a staff meeting that really rubbed a lot of us the wrong way. People mm. were grumbling about it. So what did I do? I sent an email to him mm -hmm. that said, I'm really concerned about this comment that you made at the staff meeting. And I would like us to have the opportunity to get together and discuss it with the people that have the ability to make changes. So then we had a meeting at lunch today in my room to discuss these issues. Um, unfortunately, at the end of the meeting, I left feeling like nothing was going to change. However, <laughs> the fact that the meeting happened yeah. was more constructive than not having a meeting because, you know, you can't change the culture of someplace overnight. All right. you can do is try to make people realize, hey, you can't have a voice Nothing bad's going to happen to you. And, you know, I mean, all right, let's say crazy. Worst case scenario, you get fired for speaking your mind. Right. Well, I mean, first of all, you're going to get unemployment because you're fired without cause. Sure. Second of all, maybe that's actually not a bad thing to be let go from a workplace that's making you desperately unhappy. Like maybe the universe is doing you a favor. Yeah, but, it's not a place you want to work anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I know it's hard. And I guess part of what also goes hand in hand with my philosophy at work is my philosophy that, you know, if you have your head in the right place, that actually, like, that end of that tenure at the job is actually more of a door opening than a door closing. Absolutely. So, for instance, I decided I was going to give my notice at my current place of employment before I had any sense of what was going to be happening next with me in my life. Wow. But I also knew that by making that decision, I was signaling to the universe, hey, I'm ready for something new. And then the universe says, oh, okay, well, how about this? Yeah, that's incredible. Or, that takes courage. Well, it, it takes some <laughs> – that's one word for it. I and guess. trust. And trust. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. And my yeah. wife was in a job for 13 years – as a medical assistant that she did not like, and I'm being kind to say she didn't like it. <laughs> and yeah. she was not able to leave for the longest time until finally I just said to her, like, just give your notice, just mm -hmm. commit, pick a day. Here it is. Boom. Give your notice. Mm -hmm. uh, she ended up going to grad school, getting her MFA. And now she's making a new life for herself. And she's so much happier than she used to be. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's about. Happiness. I think money comes into it too, is like a big fear for a lot of people of, you know, what am I going to do for money? But well, like you said, the universe responds and I firmly believe that. Um, and, you know, honestly, I mean, 
reality is that yes, you you, you do have to put some energy and effort into right. like taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah, look you, for a job. Yeah, a little bit you, of a buffer. Job and just sit on the sofa and eat Doritos and right. watch TV and say, "Well, the universe is going to help me." Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, you have to right. follow your passions and yes. you know use your network of people that you know and. Um, obviously, and and you know, don't give two weeks notice. I mean, that's not gonna you're not gonna find anything in two weeks. I mean, I think right. I decided back in March I was gonna leave in August. Yeah, that's that's a good several months. Yeah, you want to look at. Yeah, so I'm just curious about backing up for a second about um, you know, you're going to the higher ups about some you're like going directly to the supervisor, the principal, and going into the higher ups, and so. You know, I think a lot of people may have tried this. I'm thinking about my former workplace <laughs> where that's happened. I know um, I didn't do it myself or I didn't. Well, I kind of did it myself. But I think what happens is we all think, well, it's not going to do any good anyway. So we don't bother to try. And we know that that is a reality in the place that you worked at. But something also happened when you, the something is, a job offer. <laughs> well, yeah, the strange thing about Can you talk about that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing that does happen is in certain workplaces, and certainly this is not true at all, but um, when you are somebody who is consistently an advocate for what you believe in, and you show your passion and your strength of belief, that sometimes mm-hmm. that actually is noticed, even if the little minutia of what you're trying to change is not getting changed, but the mm-hmm. fact that you're consistently uh, applying integrity and, and a sense of like needing to make things better to your work will attract the attention of people. So in my particular case, uh, the what would be the equivalent of the superintendent of schools, mm-hmm. uh, although I work in a slightly different environment, so that's not really how it's structured, but um, the big mucky muck, like not the yeah. mucky muck I was talking to, but, you know, the top dog mucky muck, the one upstairs, so to speak. Um mm-hmm noticed what I was doing, like understood, Hey, this guy is, you know, really passionate about what he's doing and he's got some good ideas and he's got vision and mm-hmm. has the bill. Like the fact that I was able to network so well between the teachers and the administration, you know, is yeah. that was noticed. Um, so when he heard I was leaving, he came to see me and he's like, well, we don't really want you to leave. How about we make you a job in administration? And, yeah. you know, you can name your own salary and we'll give you an office, wow. and, you know. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, um, I actually turned him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yeah, I don't blame you, but at least for now, yeah. For me, right now. Um, but, you know, the reality is that sticking to your convictions and acting with integrity and honesty is actually highly valued by many prospective yeah. employers. Yes. And in fact, the whole sort of like sneaky, you know, gossipy, backstabbing sort of culture mm-hmm. that exists in a lot of workplaces, the top dogs know that and they definitely yeah. want to change it, but they don't know how. Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's the thing is, is you know, you, you say, well, they don't want to change it maybe, but actually a lot of managers and supervisors yeah. do want to change it. Yeah, really I totally believe change. that. And they just don't know how. And they don't know, yeah, and people don't speak up, so they don't know what people are actually really going on. It, it's kind of like right. cancer, you know, like, Ugh. well, where do you start? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
can't got cancer in your body. I mean, it's easy when you like catch the tumor early, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's just spread throughout the body, and if you think of yeah. this place as a living organism, yeah, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, I I don't know where to even begin with this thing. I, I I'm so that's such a value. That's such an important message. What you said right there, because I think I don't think that pe- enough people necessarily believe that the supervisors, the managers, the directors, the whoever it is, CEOs want to have a positive workplace culture. And I think I say to people sometimes like nobody really wants you to be miserable. Like unless they're some kind of sociopath, you know, nobody, what'd you say? There are some of those, but most people. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, there are some of those. And if that's the case, you got to get out of there fast. But I mean, it's like they, they just don't know how to create that. And so it's like, you're, they probably are very grateful for you. And I'm sure that you don't come in at like yelling and, you know, you're not getting all angry and you're keeping yourself calm, which right. helps. Well, that, that's um, the important thing. Like you just, yeah. that, you know, the, the whole demeanor at which you approach these problems. I mean, I, I am usually pretty steamed when I go storming up to the guy's <laughs> office, but you know, I also, you know, have been in business for long enough for lack of a better word. I mean, I guess education is kind of a business, to, mm-hmm. to know that, you know, there's a certain kind of politic way of presenting things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, gets you an ear. And there's a way of presenting yeah. things that gets you the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah. I've seen my colleagues. I, I have some, you know, a couple colleagues who I very value highly. But every time they get – they try to talk to a higher up about their concerns, they just present – it's a very hostile and antagonistic approach. Yeah, and, you know, right. it's, it's it's not an us versus them. I mean, we all work for the same place. I mean, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes, you know. I mean, they're not. I don't think, like you said, they're not trying to to be screwing up. You know, just right. things have happened, whatever. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of times, the people complaining the loudest are the ones that are just perpetrating the problems. <laughs> right. Well, I'm serious. I mean, ironic, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, the reality is that. Um, when I every time that I have brought up a concern, I have been thanked for it, and I mm. said I don't know if it's genuine or not. Um, but oh, and there was a very recently there was a situation where we were told we, we get every year these bonus checks for professional development. Yes, and we were told we were going to get them end of June. Well, they didn't show up. Then we were told, oh, they'll be in the next check. Well, they didn't show up. So I immediately emailed the top guy the mm-hmm. one that has his office offsite, the superintendent of school, so to speak, mm-hmm. and said, hey, gee, this is concerning. We were told we were going to get these checks and they haven't shown up. He immediately came all the way down to my workplace to see me wow. specifically wow. and say, thank you for telling me I had no idea this was going on. And guess what we got in our next paychecks? The professional yeah. development stipend. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, Michael. You're a true advocate for people. I mean, you, they, I wonder if people could vote like, their favorite person to work with in the world. And that would probably be you. <laughs> I know that people yeah. are, are fond of the fact that I, I get results, but I often don't get results. Like I said, today, this meeting was a waste of time in one sense because nothing happened, quote unquote, but I, nothing's a waste of time because you're, you're yeah. creating, you're changing the culture. Right? It takes time, right? And it takes yeah. time. And so by saying, Hey, we're not going to let you say, you know, excuse my language, asinine things at the staff meeting. And we're not going to mm-hmm. let you get away with that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they'll think twice next time before saying right. something that 
clearly right. was not well thought out. Right. And it's like, it take, and you know, I think you're, I'm, you may not see the results right now, but I'm sure that the person you, you know, the supervisor principal probably has something to think about, you know, and, and, uh, and so that's, that's a progress in my mind. So, okay. well, uh, I mean, it's like you talk about, about changing culture, you know, like changing the, the vibrational energy. I mean, it takes a long yeah. time, you know, and it, it's a little bit at a time. I mean, my, one of the other things that I try to do, and I'm, again, I'm not perfect. I'm not always successful, but I always try to like laugh things off and make a joke and be like, well, you know, there you go, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I don't get frustrated sometimes, but I mean, you know, like just that, that sort of like spiral of darkness, like where's yeah. that end up, you know, where, yeah. where are you going to go with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's so important because it's like, it's not, you know, we're not doing, you know, luckily neither you nor I are doing life or death work where we're not going to, you know, accidentally kill somebody. Thank goodness. So it's, it's like, we take ourselves so seriously sometimes and we're just humans trying to, you know, do some good work and get paid for it. And we're all trying to work together in this place. And, um, I think place to work, right. I mean, people want to work in a pleasant environment for the most part. Right. Right. So I think, you know, my, and what I've been noticing, and I just actually interviewed somebody else today about this, is that it's often the institutions, um, the structure that needs fixing. And that, you know, some of them are, well, here's where I go off to my heretical viewpoint, viewpoint that some of them are just very broken. <laughs> and um, it might, you know, they, it almost like, can you make, you know, it's not the person that's working there, the head, the head person who's, it's not their fault. It's just that they're working within this institution that it's almost like this giant dinosaur that how do you, um, you know, change it and, and or do you build it, you know, build, I, I, I hate to use this, well, I'm going to use this analogy, the well, the well sometimes is poison. And can you like, can you fix the well or do you need to build a new well? <laughs> you know, so I think, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to give up hope on some of the big, large bureaucratic hierarchical institutions yet. But, um, a lot of what I, ex- what I believe is that there's a shift happening in our world, in our society, in our world, and that the big monolithic things are, you know, they don't work anymore. Um, and so there, you know, people like you are needed to make change with from within, However, some people, it's just like, all right, we're just going to go somewhere else, you know, right. which is. Well, I mean, I am going somewhere else, but. Yeah, I know. For a lot of, re- I mean, you know, I, I feel like I have made a, a difference and I mm-hmm. hope that I made people realize that, you know, you don't just have to sit and complain that sometimes, you know, if not all the time, you can express your concerns and even just having the forum, like we didn't have a principal for a while. And so we had to have meetings sort of directly with the big administration. Um, and I would talk yeah. to the guy afterwards and he would actually say to me oftentimes, um, well, well, what can I do? I don't know what to do. Like he, the supervisor didn't know what to do with this problem. And I think a lot okay. of supervisors actually are feeling that way. They don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. They don't know what workers are thinking or feeling or what they really even need. Mm-hmm. So that communication, yeah. like, as I said, is just so important. Yeah, that's amazing. They just, they're asking you for help. <laughs> well, because, you know? you know, not everybody got to be a manager because they're necessarily the best manager in the universe. Right. You, you were working on making change and then, but you're, you're ultimately leaving. 
I did the same thing in my former workplace. And, you know, I think the, you know, I, I guess I'm curious what you think, but my impression is, well, this isn't to say that everybody needs to quit their job if they work for a big, you know, big agency, big company, big, whatever it is. But that well, I'll tell you sometimes what you, you do. About, sometimes you do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, and to get back to something you said earlier in this con- a question you asked me earlier in this conversation, I mean, it, it's because for me, I have a lot going on in my life besides my job. Like I like yeah. Yeah. passion about my job, but at the end of the day, it's not how I define myself. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you are in a lifestyle where basically you have your job and then a bunch of other stuff you do that doesn't you know do much for you except restore you so you can go back to your job that drains you the next day, yeah. Then then you you're sort of in this dead end street. So I think yeah. it all starts with finding your passion. If your job is not your passion, that's great. You know, and everybody is lucky enough to work in a field where their job is their passion then, mm-hmm. you know, you need to find something that is your passion. Like what yeah. is your passion? Like what makes your – fires your your engines, you know? What's yeah. your fuel? Yeah. And so and, then if you, yeah. if you find that out, then you are able to maybe translate that into some positive energy moving forward. Yeah. I, and I noticed that I think some – what happens to some people is that they – spend so much of their energy just trying to cope with their jobs if it's if their job is not their passion that the stuff that is their passion gets pushed out of the way because they don't have energy left over for it and to me that's when it's like okay something something needs to change here you know because that's that makes people just not happy you know and yeah or or the the after work restorative activity consists of bitching about right. crappy job <laughs> Watching lots of TV, drinking lots of alcohol, which is fine sometimes, but <laughs> if, it, yeah. if it's medication, if it's like exactly trying to make yourself feel better about your crappy life, then it's not right. But. It's coping. So, what do you? I mean, I know uh, you probably have other stuff to do today, but before we wrap up, can you talk a little bit about like how you do have energy for your theater work, and you know how do you manage to balance this? Yeah. You know? um, well, to be perfectly honest, it's not always easy to get the energy to, to go to rehearsal after the day of teaching. But yeah, um, you know, I, I I guess it's fortunate for me that I have to because I have a performance that you know has to, right. to go up. So canceling yeah. is not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I usually find with that part is that it's the it's the thought, oh no, now I got to go to rehearsal. That sometimes is the derailment. When I get to rehearsal and I start rehearsing, it's great. It's fine. I'm energized by it, in fact. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes you're your own worst enemy because it's like like working out. Like, I get up really early in the morning to go to the gym. Well, when my alarm goes off at 420, I'll tell you, the last thing I want to do is get out of bed. You but, you know, by the time I'm done with my workout, I'm like, that was great. That was just what I needed. Thank goodness I did that. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. – it, it's sort of the the enemy is yourself by thinking, oh man, I don't have the energy. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have the energy. You just mm-hmm. think you don't. In fact, you lose more energy sitting at home on the sofa than you do going out and doing something fun, right? Right, right. You you know you just have. It sounds like you have like all the ingredients there. Like you have the right mindset, the right approach, and you also have the discipline. You know, which I think it's. And the motivation, you know, it's like, it's not just, the, it is mindset that's important, but you have those other things too, 
Mm. which it sounds like you're creating the life that you want for yourself. Uh, and it sounds like it's working for you. Well, it will be when you, <laughs> when you have this job, that's going to be a little more, you know, fruitful, I guess. I, mean, I, I think one other thing that's really something that I very value about myself is that I actually like change and I mm. embrace change and I recognize that change is one of the most important forces of the universe entropy that is unstoppable mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very easy to get sort of, and I've seen teachers, teachers are notorious for this, of getting trenched in like, well, this is the way we do it. This is the way I'm always going to do it until I retire. Um, yeah. you know, and you just can't be like that. In fact, yeah. the opposite is much better to say, oh, what can I do differently? How is this mm-hmm. going to be different? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going to happen anyways. So why fight it? Right. Just right. allow it to be well, – you know, teachers are always complaining, oh, there's another mandate coming down the pike. It's different from the last one. Well, sure, of course. That's just the nature of the world. Things are always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to always improve. That's our human nature, right? So any like last things or words you want to leave us with? Uh, you already shared so much that I think is really going to be kind of eye-opening for people when they listen. Um, well, I guess – yeah. The most important thing that I would suggest is if you find yourself in a situation where you're venting or complaining a lot to people about things that you think are out of your control, try doing something a little bit different one time, like have a slightly different response, like mm-hmm. have a conversation with a supervisor, like, hey, gee, I was wondering why. Um, or even just very simply just change the subject or, or like be like, Hey, I got a great idea. Let's go out after work and not talk about work. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're shifting, shifting the energy, making it more positive. Well, that's right? what I mean. Just trying, yeah. it's not going to change without you kind of pushing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're really quite capable of changing our own pathways. Mm-hmm. And once you, once you signal to get back to what I said earlier, once you signal to the universe, Hey, I'm ready to change. Well, the universe is going to help you out. Mm-hmm. The universe is going to say, oh, well, look at that over there. And then you start noticing signs that yeah. you didn't see before. You start seeing opportunities you didn't see before. Yes. But yep. if, you, if you just kind of, you know, kind of put yourself in this little bubble of like, you know, awfulness <laughs> and, and, yeah. and take somehow some weird comfort in the fact that everybody's miserable and let's like be miserable together, well, right. guess what's going to happen? You're going to be miserable. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. That's right on. Well, thanks so much, Michael. I really enjoyed talking with you. I hope you enjoyed this interview. For more information about me, you can visit www.soulfulworkconsulting.com. And I'm Rachel Horton-White. Thanks so much for listening.